Welcome to the Network Marketing Heroes Podcast, hosted by 40-year network marketing veteran, author of best-selling books, The Four-Year Career, and Mach 2 with Your Hair on Fire, and world-renowned speaker, Richard Bliss Brook. When it comes to success in network marketing, who better to learn from than leaders who have actually done it? Listen as Richard interviews top leaders and gives you a behind-the-scenes look at how they did it. You'll get incredible tips and duplicable actions you can do right now to build your own four-year career. Stay tuned after this episode for an exclusive discount code to get 10% off Richard's easy-to-use tools that will help propel your network marketing business to the next level at blissbusiness.com. This is Richard Brooke, and I'm coming to you from Coeur d'Alene, Idaho. Another hero call. Hero call number 77. 77 leaders that we have gone out into the marketplace and sought out people that have built at least a four-year career with one company, an ethical, legitimate company with real products and real people, a a company and products that has a long-term vision. And these leaders have gone about building their network in an ethical fashion. So we do a lot of research on people and ask a lot of questions. And we make sure we don't interview somebody and edify somebody that doesn't hold the network marketing profession up in a respectable, endearing way. And tonight we have uh, an extraordinary interview, and I almost didn't select to interview this gal because she doesn't quite fit the mold in that she's only been building for two and a half years. And I had to actually do, usually I don't do a pre-interview. Usually I just, like, ask a bunch of questions on email, and the staff talks to them, and I don't talk to the person I'm going to interview until we actually start the interview at 6 Pacific time. On the Wednesday night, I'm interviewing them. But I got on the phone and talked to this gal because I wanted to find out, all right, this doesn't really add up. And what wasn't adding up is she's only been in Unique for two and a half years, and it is her first network marketing venture, and she has personally brought in 579 people. Now, admittedly, a lot of those are customers, but a lot of them are also people that join for the income opportunity. And, um, you know, only being in the business two and a half years, she really hasn't had an opportunity for geometric progressions to kick in and, you know, see the real growth of what leadership can provide when when you start the business off. And, You know, she kind of defies the model. The model that we teach in the four-year career is, you know, find products that you would buy whether you were a distributor or not. I mean, products that you absolutely are in love with, and you would pay full retail for them, and you intend to pay full retail for them and buy them for the rest of your life. You know, that's the way you select a product that you can authentically promote. And, of course, pick a legitimate, credible company and then go about selling the income opportunity as passionately as you sell the products. And one of the things that we look to steer people to in these hero calls is, you know, what we call the the number formula. 
you know, what do you actually have to do to build a four-year career? What do you have to do to build an asset income in your fifth year that'll pay you five to $50,000 a month? And one of the things that we found in interviewing all of these leaders that is consistent in 99% of them is that they personally enrolled about 100 people for the income opportunity not people just to become wholesale consumers of the product, but people looking to build their own business. They enrolled about 100 people in their first couple of years of building. And then what they did is they fanned the fire by coaching and motivation and leadership and training and, and in, in some cases just letting time impact the geometric progressions of their business so that in the fifth year, They've got a few thousand or tens of thousands of active people uh, out there building a business, and that's when you're when that's when you're millionaire, multimillionaire status. You're earning five, ten, fifteen, twenty, maybe more thousands of dollars a month, and you've rocked the network marketing business. And the formula is really pretty simple. and And if you look at people that personally sponsor, you know, ten people in their first year, you know, twenty two people in their first three years, they just don't make it because they don't ever enroll enough people to find the people like themselves, the leadership like themselves. So when, when I met Lorenda and looked at her numbers, I thought, my gosh, this, we have to like figure out, okay, what is she doing? And so tonight we're going to do a deep dive in the interview about all of the different strategies and work that this lady has done to build an empire in just two and a half years. And I got to tell you, I was blown away with the, with all the different social media and follow up and communication and the way she touches everyone that connects with her and, and works with them until they get an opportunity to say yes or no to her opportunity. So, that's enough of a prelude, Lorinda. I trust that you're here. Yes. Give me a high five. I am. I'm here. Hi. Awesome. <laughs> so, Lorinda, uh, tell us your story. So, start with, you know, give us a little background on you. Where are you from? What did you do for a living before you got involved in network marketing? And most importantly, how did you discover network marketing, and who was the person that had the motivation and the courage to be out promoting their opportunity that got your attention? Okay. Well, thank you so much for inviting me onto this call, first of all. I'm super excited. Um, I Okay, so from the beginning, um, before I got into network marketing, I was actually in – I was an armored guard for an armored car company, two different ones. So for a total of four years, I was, I was a, you know, that person, I'm five foot one and a half, little blonde girl. I carried a gun on my side and carried in millions of dollars in and out of bank for 14 hours a day, five to six days. Lorenda, wait a minute. You didn't tell me that in our pre-interview. Of course, I didn't ask you that, I don't think. But <laughs> that is absolutely hysterical. And i got to ask you, what kind of pictures or even video do you have of you doing that? 
well, it was one of those jobs where they, you know, they wanted you to be alert, obviously, because you were putting your life in danger. But I did do a lot of selfies in the truck, and I did get in a lot of trouble for those, actually, <laughs> while I was building my business. But I do have a bunch of them, like, on my Facebook page and stuff. Of You can see I'm in the bulletproof vest, and you can see, like. Oh, my gosh. So, that is priceless. I got to tell you, the, the fact that you were a security guard uh, before network marketing is worth tens of millions to you in network marketing. I, I, I got to hear that story sometime. But go ahead. So okay. you, were, you were a security guard moving millions of dollars in and out of the banks. How did you hear, hear and tell us, where do you live? Uh, I'm in Tulsa, Oklahoma. Yes, okay. Tulsa, so, Oklahoma, heart of the country. And how did you hear about network marketing? Uh, well, honestly, I got a complete cold message from somebody that I did not know from Adam, and my sponsor now, <laughs> Megan. Uh, it was obviously a copy and pasted message, and it was complete word vomit. Uh, wow. But – you know, it was a, at first she complimented me, and so I, I, I bit, you know, <laughs> and she could tell that I was into mascara because I was doing videos, like I'd have to go into work at 5 a.m., and I'd wake up at 3.30 to make time to do a video getting ready for work. Like, I still wore makeup doing the job, and so I uh, would put on my mascara, and she, she saw that I was into it. So she messaged me and said, hey, I've got this amazing mascara that I know you'll love. You should try it out. And so that's exactly what I did. I bought it. And the only thing was I didn't ask about the opportunity. I, wasn't, I never even thought about it. I saw her posts. I could tell that she was doing awesome. Um, she was making money. I saw her life, you know, starting to change. And I didn't think anything of it, but she reached out to me and offered me the opportunity, and that was the first time I ever thought that it was an option for me. And I agreed, and I ordered the kit, but actually my intention when I first signed up was just to be what we call a kit napper, which is someone who signs up and does absolutely nothing with the business, just <laughs> takes the kit and runs. That was right. my intention. And so what did she say to you? What was her textbook super powerful pitch that, that got you to buy a kit? Like how did she present the opportunity? Well, she saw that I loved the mascara and that I was using it all the time. So, of course, she followed up from there and said, hey, Lorinda, I see that you love the mascara. I just want to let you know we have all these other amazing products too, and here's this kit for, you know, $99 for $300 in products, no obligations, penalties, fees, all that. Um, you can just get the kit and run. And I said, that's exactly what I'm going to do. I'm not working this business. I want you to know right now I have no intention of doing a single thing with this business. And she said, okay. I got the kit, opened it, tried out the products, and then I saw that she was having success. And I was like, you know what, if I could just pay half of my Internet bill, you know, if I could just take enough selfies and talk to enough people to make 30 bucks a month, that is half my Internet bill. I could do that. Right? So then I kind of started, you know, got my feet wet, and then eventually I saw that I was getting paid three hours after every sale. So I was like, okay, this is insane. This is all, like, real. She's not, she's not messing with me. So I just jumped in full speed after my first payment, basically. 
How did you jump in full speed? So what did that look like, and how far away from you does she live? She lives in Cincinnati, Ohio, and I, like I said, I'd never met her before. Um, so as far as, like, jumping in, what I did, well, I went into the trainings, and I basically <laughs> – okay, I'm just going to be completely honest. Yes, um, the only way to be here. <laughs> I was ex- – I didn't know what I was doing. So I was that person that was copy and pasting and spamming the heck out of people on Facebook. And, you know, my did, you send pe- did, you, did you send people those cheesy messages on LinkedIn where you're I, asking them to look at your opportunity? Absolutely. Not on LinkedIn. I just did it all through Facebook. I copy and pasted. I went to Facebook jail multiple times. I almost lost my account because of it. Um, wow. There'd be times where I'd be glued to my phone for three hours, copy and pasting the same exact message with the same picture of me with one eye done and the other one not. And at the time, I was in love with this clumpy, clumpy look. With I had like four eyelashes because I had I loved clumpy lashes, and I thought it looked good. And I had all these people who were so mean to me, and I kind of brought it upon myself. I was a huge spam bot, and that's how I got started. You know, I jumped in head first, and you should totally not only be banned. You should not only be banned from Facebook. You should be banned from network marketing. <laughs> I know. Yeah, I was one of those people that gave network marketing a bad name, and then I wondered why I had so much hate. You know, right. so much negativity and whatnot. But um, all right, I was so what happened? What happened that you figured it out? You must have either face-planted, hit the wall, got a bunch of negative feedback, everybody quit, or you went and got some training. What happened that you pivoted and got it together? Oh, well, it took a little bit of time, but mostly it was the fact that I was not getting any good responses at all. And I, like I said, I almost quit multiple times, and then there was a – these few times, actually, these girls took a screenshot of my message that I had sent them with the picture and posted it on their wall, and then their friends would comment, and they said, that girl sent me the exact same message, and she needs to learn how to do some makeup, and she thinks that she's going to sell to us with makeup looking like that. Like, it was awful, and it was devastating to me, and I was like, I quit. People are mean. This That's hysterical. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I I was distraught, and I sat down. I remember I was at Cheddar's, and I was just bawling in the booth, and I was like, I quit. I just this this company doesn't this business doesn't work. <laughs> and my uh, boyfriend actually said, just give it like another week or so. Just talk to your sponsor, see what she says, kind of try to see what everybody else is doing, and do it that way. So I kind of did. I started doing some trainings, got into a little bit of personal development. I learned the difference between sharing versus selling. Um, and I opened my page to the public and started getting social and learning more about the business and the industry, and um, things got better after that. So <laughs> thank you. All right. So one of the things that impressed me so much uh, in talking to you a week or two ago was the specific strategies that work for you. So you're, you're enrolling sometimes 10, 15 people a month. Tell us how you do that. Like, uh, and just remember that, you know, things that are specific to unique and the product line are not going to help people listening on this because 
they got all kinds of different product lines. So right. see if you can speak to the parts of what you did that could be applicable to anybody who has a Facebook page and has a product and they have an opportunity and they want to learn how to get in conversations with people for possibilities. How do you manage your social media presence so that it, you end up in conversations? Well, here's the thing. I remember our discussion and you said something about how like it's not really duplicatable, du duplicable, I have a really hard time with that word. Anyway, you know what I'm saying. Du Within, you say know. It, yeah, say it duplicatable, it's easier. Okay, duplicatable. Uh, throughout other companies, and you said, you know, not all companies can't all get on live and start showing off their makeup, but I started thinking, I started using a couple of other companies for examples in my head, and I was thinking, if I was in this company, how would I, how would I make sure that I got on Facebook Live? So I'll use the company for an example. So like Cincy, for example, I learned just recently, and I've been using the wax melts forever, I just learned that if you put a cotton ball into the top, it soaks up all the wax and you don't have to pick it up and pour it in the trash every time. The cotton ball will soak it up and then you can change out your wax melts. I had no idea, and I know millions of other people don't know that either. I would be going live doing that once every probably couple months because if you're doing what you should be doing, you should be growing your following so different people are going to see that video every time. Um, there's right. a Boomerang app, like um, this Boomerang, which is just like a quick like few-second video, and it repeats itself. It's on a loop. Um, so I would probably say something like if I was in a health and wellness company and we just got a new shake, I would do an excited face of me like jumping up and down with that Boomerang app and say, whenever you find out that we're getting a new shake um, tomorrow, you know, and right. there's just right. a lot, you, you've got to let your personality shine through. So I feel like I would still be doing a video, in a, even live videos with every company for like, like Young Living or oils of any kind. You can show how you mix your concoctions and what's, what are good oils that help with anxiety and show you putting it in your diffuser and a few different drops. It can be like a two-minute video, you know, but I feel like right. I could figure out a way to go live with every company out there. So I feel so like how often I, do you go live? I try to how often? Um, I try to make it a point to do it um, every other day or so, at least a few times a week at the minimum. Um, I kind of actually want to be doing it every day, but sometimes that just doesn't happen. But even when I'm not wearing makeup, I can find a way to still talk about my company, whether it's like skincare and, you know, I even get on sometimes and talk about things completely unrelated to my product because I want my audience to trust me and value my opinion. So I will actually do videos over things completely unrelated to my company, like derma rolling, or I just got these new earrings from this amazing jewelry company that is obviously not network marketing, but I would talk about another, you know, mom and pop shop or something, helping small businesses. Right. I promote right. a lot of different things because I want people to trust me. I shave my face. I talk about that all the time. People think I'm nuts. It gets people talking. Some people disagree with me. Some people think it's awesome. They're scared. They ask questions. It gets tons of interaction. So I'm. Did you just say you shaved your face? I do. I shave my face once a week. Um, and, you know, <laughs> I know. 
I know. Some people think it's crazy, but it doesn't grow back thicker, darker, longer, faster, none of that. That's not true. And a lot of people don't, under, don't know that, and then they research it, and they're like, shoot, she's right. Anyway, so I'm very active on social media, even if I'm not talking about my company. And that has to do with the Facebook algorithm. You know, the Facebook algorithm, basically Facebook punishes you if you are not active. If you show right. up one day and decide to start talking to people, but you haven't been on in two days, they're going to be like, um, no. You know, so I try to make it a point to stay active, even if it's not about my company. But I still post about my company every day. So, Got it. So, what, so how do you then uh, – what do you do next? So you post, and then you're obviously <laughs> looking. And what would you say to somebody – I don't know if this has ever happened to anybody that's listening on the call, but I think, you know, Facebook is the, is – this great social experiment that's going on, we may look back on 10 or 20 or 30 years from now and just laugh at how addicted people were to Facebook and how their self-esteem became directly tied to the number of likes and comments and shares that they got on their posts. So what do you do when, and this probably doesn't happen to you anymore, but what do you do when you post something and nobody pays any attention to it? If I do that, or what would I tell my team if that happens to them? What would you tell your team if that happened to them? Well, I've had quite a few people who, you know, just starting out, you're not going to have, you know, I had 300 Facebook friends when I first started. My page was shut off like Fort Knox. Um, I had one, two likes. Most of them were like my, you know, like my, uh, my, my aunts or something. Like nobody that I knew supported me in the beginning. Um, so I totally know what that's like. And my best advice to them or anybody else that's going through that is keep going. You know, consistency is key in this business. You have to be able to overcome. I've had speed bumps, roadblocks, obstacles, and brick walls thrown in my way. And you have to be resilient. You have to be able to keep going. I understand one or two likes is just like totally defeating but it's going to happen at first. It happens to all of us. We don't all start right. out with – most of us don't start out with a following or a big friends list. you got to work your way up just like any business. So what are your strategies for, okay, you make a post, and then you're obviously looking at, okay, who shared it, who commented, who liked it, probably a bunch of the people that uh, engage are already on your team. How do you distinguish – who's already on your team, and who might be out there in the public that you connected with. And then what do you do next with that person once you figure out, okay, here's a prospect that's engaged with my message? Okay. My strategy with this – okay, so I combine attraction marketing with reaching out to people. I do both. I don't rely solely on one or the other. But I don't necessarily go to my posts, the interaction on my posts, because I want people to feel comfortable interacting on my posts. I don't want them to think that if they like something that I'm going to immediately be like, hey, thank you for liking my post, and then start a conversation out of thin air. I don't do that. My strategy for – Yeah, go ahead. I was just going to ask, what do you do? Go ahead. Okay. Um, So my strategy – for making new friends and, you know, finding people to reach out to is I've been doing this since I stopped spamming, and it's been completely, like, 
my whole business started changing. And um, I shared it with my team. I just recently started opening it up to, to the rest of the company, a couple of different other training groups. And I realized sharing is caring. So, I, you know, I'm like, well, I'll just share it with the whole, with the whole call. So this is my, my strategy. Okay, so I'm very active in a lot of different interest groups, okay? Hiking, biking, swimming, camping, fishing, Gemini groups, green eye groups, hedgehog pigs, whatever. Anything I'm interested in, I'm in those groups. Um, and I talk to a lot of people in there. And I don't, I don't try to build relationships out of thin air. Honestly, I think it's phony when somebody messages me, oh, you have a mini pig? I have one too. And then they start talking and talking more and more and more. And I go to their page and I see that they're in network marketing. And for me personally, I'm like, okay, they have ulterior motives. Building relationships right. out of thin air, people don't do that. So for me, I don't like to do that. I, on the other hand, do something different. I send out friend requests and I do send out, they're not random, but I make sure that they are people who I think would fit my business. And, you know, whether that means that they're, they're, they're you know, stay-at-home moms or they're, you know, posting in the interest group about is anybody hiring or something like that or if they, they love makeup and they want to know the best foundation or something like that. Anything I see that immediately makes me think of my business, I'll send them a friend request, right? And I do that probably 10, 20 different people a day just to make sure that I've got a constant flow of people coming in. And then once I've got them added, if they accept, I'll go to my recently added friends tab. About once every few days, I'll go there, and I'll write down the people that I have newly added, um, and I'll write down the date. The date is important because once you write these people's names down, every cluster that you write down and then you put the date next to them, you're going to know that's how long you've been friends. You go to their pages, and you interact with them for the next three, four, five weeks. You, if they're posting, you comment on it. You say something. You build a relationship through just the public eye. You don't want to send them a message out of nowhere. Personally, that's just kind of what I think. You want to just say, oh, oh, she's so cute. Oh, I love her. If you're posting a picture of your daughter or your, um, your, your animals or a vacation, to say that's, that looks like so much fun and, you know, something like that. So anyway, she's going to start to recognize your name because she's going to see you in her notifications every couple days. Now, you're not going to want to like spam the heck out of her entire page, just one or two comments every other day or so, right? And then once you start yep. going to your list, you're going to go to the top and you're going to see, oh, this group of people right here, I've been interacting on their pages every couple days for the last month. I think it's about time to reach out to them. So I'll go and whatever reason I think they'd be good for what I do, I will start to reach out to this first cluster, okay? And if I delete them for some reason, then they're marked off, so I don't have to worry so about that. What does the reach out sound like? <clears throat> when I reach out to them, it's, you know, obviously it's going to be for different reasons because I'm not going to copy and paste because that clearly doesn't work. Um, you want to be genuine. So I will reach out to them and say, let's say one lady um, talks about how she's, I don't know, she. She looks like she wears a lot of different types of makeup, and she wants to try the newest foundation. I saw her post about it or something. So I'll send her a message and just say, hey, so-and-so, um, I've, I've seen your posts in my news feed off and on, and I wouldn't feel right if I didn't offer you this opportunity. You clearly love makeup. 
I think you would be amazing at what I do. Have you ever thought about it? Like I keep it super simple, super simple, short, sweet. I don't want to spam them. I'm not going to word vomit. And my strategy is I'm just getting down on your level. Take it or leave it. I don't let them think that I am, they're doing me a favor. They do not have the upper hand. I do because I know that I have a gift and I have something incredible to offer them and I don't have time to dance for them. If they want to do it, they do. If they don't, they don't. If they want more information, great. But I am not begging them. I have a gift and they, what's in it for me, W-I-I-S-M, right? That's how I always do it, what's in it for you, not what's in it for me. So that's how I go about it. I say, Here's this. Let me know. I think you'd totally kill it. And sometimes I even, like, let them know, like, look, I've been creeping your page for the last few weeks. I've seen your posts. You're drop-dead gorgeous. You should seriously be doing what I'm doing. I'm just saying. Like, I get down right. on their level, and I get real with them. You know, I don't try to, like, build relationships out of thin air like that. So that's what I do, and it has been working wonders for me because they don't feel pressured. They're like, oh, all right, cool. Yeah, I'll think about it. And then they'll start seeing my stuff more often because we interact right. And so I go down okay, to the so, and do that. I want to drill on the numbers a little bit. So I think I heard you say that you send out 10 or 12 friend requests a day. Uh-huh. And, you put, and you put those in groups that you, you log as, okay, today would be the 26th of July. So I sent out a dozen friend requests today. And I, mm-hmm. I, I don't know, maybe you keep track of how many of them said yes and yes. now you're friends. So let's say you have a batch of seven of them that are new friends from Wednesday, July 26th. So then you just uh, engage with them for about the next three or four weeks before you do a reach out. And so you would be reaching out on a daily basis to how many people, roughly? Um, well, it's, it's only the people in my cluster. So gener- it just depends, honestly, on how many people had accepted my friend requests when I went to the recently added tab. And like I said, I only do that every few days. So if I'm doing what I should be doing every single day, sending out 10 to 20, at least maybe half of those will um, accept. And then, you know, so that is all dependent upon how many accept. But the way I get them to accept, I also have another part of the strategy I forgot to mention that's actually kind of important. Um, So when I know that I'm going out to send out friend requests, um, I make sure that my most recent posts on my page, like if you were to click on my page, because that's what everybody's going to do when you send them a friend request, right? Of course, you need your page to be public. That's like, you know, common sense in network marketing. But if they go to my page and they scroll, I don't want them to see a business post. I don't want them to see anything about my business, my business name, anything that implies that I'm in network marketing, I want them to give me a chance and see my personality first. So I'm very strategic with my posts as well, and that's why I think posting is crucial too. My most recent post is usually going to be something relatable, something humorous and relatable because people love to laugh. And then the next post is probably going to be something, you know, like a selfie or an inspirational quote. And then the next one, something similar to that. And so you're not going to see a post about unique 
until you get down to like four or five. And that means they're like really, like really creeping. So at that point, you know, they're going to find out. But most of the time, I don't want them to go to my page. They're going to only see the top two posts. And they're not going to be business related whatsoever because I don't want them to think that I have ulterior motives, you know. Like I, I want to, you know, I want them to give me a chance and let my person, them see my personality. So that's also part of it. When I know I'm going out there on a friend requesting spree, I guess, I, I'm very careful and strategic about what my most recent posts are. So they will accept. They're, they'll be more likely to accept, I guess I should say. I got it. So um, you, have, <clears throat> you have how many friends on Facebook now? Um, I kept out at 5,000, and I lose a few every day and delete a couple <laughs> people who are in there. So, yeah, nearly 5,000. Okay, so that's what I want to ask you is based on your strategy, I would think you would be maxed out on friends. So do you have a strategy for removing friends so you always have room for new friends? Yes, I remove. I don't, I'm not Facebook friends with anybody that is not on my team as far as in my company um, because I need the room for, you know, potential uh customers and um, business partners. So the only friends I have are on my team. And usually just about like my front line and then maybe second and third generations that I'm pretty close to. But other than that, most people I have my follow button on so they can see everything that I post anyway. So I make sure to have um, room cleared up there. When people leave the company, of course, in my front line or in the second and third generations if I'm friends with them, I remove them. And um, also when people are just like, yucky and negative and just like, you know, things that you probably Talking wouldn't want. politics. <laughs> yeah. Just anything that's just, they're, they're super con yeah, yeah, controversial, they, they get deleted too. And any mails, I have no mails in my friends list um, because it's not, I mean, like there's no point, you know, um, because I'm, you know, I have, I'm happily with somebody and I, um, I only have a couple male friends. So I'll say a couple males are on my friends list. Other than that, my follow button is on, and I encourage everybody to hit the follow button. Um, yep. But, yes, I do have room on my friends list for new people. But, like I said, I'm constantly – it's like a, I'm const a revolving door of people leaving and coming in. So I pretty much always have room for new, new friends. I keep it to, okay. like, 20 or 30 below the limit so that I can, you know, revolve. Got it. So in the process of just – I just want to recap the, for this, people – so one of the things Lorinda said here that I think is just really significant is she doesn't pay a lot of attention to who responds to her, pro, her post. Where she's getting her connections is by joining various Facebook groups that she has an affinity for. Uh, mm -hmm. I want to ask you this question, Lorinda. How many Facebook groups would you say you are a member of? Oh, Lord. You know, there's some crazy groups out there, and there, <laughs> there's this, uh, oh gosh, I don't even, I can't even tell you, probably hundreds, and I try to stay active, and I put like maybe 20 of them in my favorites that I try to stay active in, and none of those are makeup groups, actually. Um, I, try to, I try to stay active in the group, like, um, you'd be surprised how many people are in certain groups. There's this group called At Home, and there's like, 200,000 people in it, and it's just a group about how to get stains out of things and how to clean your grout and how to clean your curtains and, you know, 
you know, for the most part, that's all women, you know, because it's home right. stuff. So realistically, yep. it's going to be 150, maybe two, almost 200,000 women. That is a huge group full of, you know, you, you know that they're all women. So that for my job, that's perfect. Um, you so could work in that group exclusively for the rest of your career. I could because, you know what, adulting is hard. And, you know, there are so many questions I have throughout the day about how to clean things and how to get stuff out of stuff. Like I could post in that group all day long and interact and ask questions. So absolutely. Okay. So you connect with people on their Facebook page. You follow them. You engage with them for three or four weeks. Then you reach out and cast a vision for them and invite mm -hmm. them to take a look at what you're doing. And at what point do you convert from digital to analog and get face-to-face -face with them, at least on the phone or a Zoom, so they can see and feel you? Um, to be quite honest, I don't. I, I, um, I, unless they ask, Nobody so far has really asked. I, I struggle very severely with anxiety, um, and I don't let that hold me back. But if I can avoid a phone call with, with somebody, I, I prefer to do so because I feel like I use voice messages through Facebook Messenger, um, and right. I also send videos and things like that. Um, I've never done a Zoom before. And, yeah, Interesting. Honestly, <laughs> I just want to ground what you just said. So I think what I heard you said, and correct me if I'm wrong, I think what I heard you say is you personally sponsored 579 people in two and a half years, and I'm sure there's an exception somewhere, but as a rule, you don't ever get on the phone with them, and you don't even video conference with them. No, I've talked to two that insisted, and that was. <laughs> I get nervous. I feel like I can. You know what, Lorinda? It's so awesome to you know. It's I've been doing this for forty years, and for for probably thirty years of the last forty years, everybody in network marketing did it exactly the same way. And in the last 10 years, all of a sudden, people are doing it all these crazy different ways. And in the last three or four years, uh, I mean, just the unique experience. You know, Amber Voigt is somebody I've worked with a little bit and watched her. And, you know, it just defies everything we've ever learned about network marketing. But you cannot deny that what you're doing is working. So folks, just to like fill in the gaps, she's only been doing this two and a half years. Her business is already a $6 million a year business. And she doesn't even have geometric progressions kicked in yet. You can't have them in two and a what half years. Mean? It just, what is, <laughs> what is what? Progression? I don't even know what that means. What is geometric progression? <laughs> <laughs> Oh, you're hysterical. You're priceless. So uh, geometric progressions, Lorinda, is the, the compounding concept. So four who get four then become 16, and 16 who get four becomes 64. Okay. And, okay. So I call you know, some people, it's called different things, but it's compounding, geometric, yes, exponential growth, it's all the same thing. Okay, gotcha. So, 
So, um, you know, what is exciting about your business is, you know, you're doing it in this very specific way and it's working and it works for your lifestyle and you're not even getting on the phone with people and yet they're doing what you're doing. So that um, it's, you know, it's refreshing. It's, it's scary for somebody like me who's been doing this for so long because, you know, what's going to happen to me a month from now is I'm going to be coaching somebody and I'm going to say, well, you know, are you getting on the phone and talking to these people? And they're going to say, well, no, Lorinda never talks to them. I'm not going to talk to them either. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my God. (laughs) Yes, you are. But you know what? You're now a role model and people are going to follow your lead because if you can build an empire without talking to people, and I'm not talking about, you know, you're not building some internet scam. There's been lots of people in the last 10 years that are mm-hmm. selling, you know, complete nothingness on the internet and bragging about, you know, I'm making $50,000 a month and I'm on in the internet and I don't do any selling and I don't go to any meetings and, uh, you know, I don't have to talk to anybody. But all, every one of those scams has just vaporized after a couple of years. Mm-hmm. And... Unique is not that. It's working for you guys. And so it's something to pay attention to and and learn from. So it leads me to my next question. I want to, you reach out to me. I want to do what you're doing. You don't talk to me. You don't Zoom me. What do you do to teach me? to coach me, how do, how, what's my next move for learning how to do what you're doing? Well, okay. I always say that this business is um, simple, but it's not easy, right? And yep. I'm telling you, I'll send you 50 voice messages through Facebook Messenger before I call you. I'm, I mean, like, I send out voice messages like nobody's business. So... I talk to them, but I just don't yeah, I get do it, it in a way yep. can respond immediately. So what I'll do, I'll send a couple of voice messages. I have a training set up specifically for new presenters, and it's a file in my training group. It's step-by-step, step, like broken down into layman's terms. And like step one, open your welcome email, click on the link, log in, and then you'll see your back office, and then it kind of tells you how to navigate through that. Step two is just a bunch of it's a YouTube link to my new presenter training, and it's a playlist of about 20 different videos that they will watch step by step and follow the instructions. Um, and then number three, it just goes on like that, and I check in with them. I answer their questions as they go along, and I encourage them to get through the training at their own pace, but know that their kit will be there in a few days, and I encourage them to do a Facebook Live unboxing the contents of their kit. Now, I know most network marketing companies have a kit, a starter kit of some kind. Bam, that's an opportunity to do a live video to get people interested, to talk about what you're doing and how excited you are. And you've got to go live, at least make a video. People want to see your quirks and your mannerisms and your personality, and it's hard to do that through just a video or a picture, right? So I encourage yep. them, when you get your kit, do an unboxing. You don't even have to put your face in it immediately. Just know that eventually you're going to have to. Um, but show off all the contents. Every single time somebody does that, someone is interested in either the products or the opportunity. Every single time. And the goal is to get them 
to have at least one sale within their first 72 hours of getting their kit because um, you want to start making them money as quickly as possible or else they're going to lose interest, right? So that's my goal is to work with them really hard. You know, I'm also kind of a tough love leader, so I say get through this training and then, you know, message me after the first couple steps. And then a lot of right. times they'll get excited and message me ahead of time, and I'll say that's video number three in step two where, you know, I encourage you to watch first. I promise once you right. get through the videos, you'll have a more clear understanding as to how this works. And I keep telling him, go back, go back, go back, because I encourage self-sufficiency from the beginning. Otherwise, you know, at the end, we know that this, is, this business is up to us and only us, not our sponsor, not our sideline, not our upline, yep. whatever. Right. So I encourage that very strongly, self-sufficiency. And um, so, uh, yeah, that's what I do. I just help them get through the training and, you know, answer their questions as they go. And it's pretty, it's pretty simple. Beautiful. Okay, let me shift gears a little bit uh, and ask you a couple of questions. So the first question I'm going to ask you is what's the biggest mistake that you've made? And I don't want you to answer that with the um, cut and paste bombing people's Facebook pages that you did in the beginning because you already covered that as a mistake. Mm -hmm. So tell the listening audience and maybe think about more like the last year and a half, two years when you're, you're actually in your groove and this is working for you, and you're a leader, and you're making it work, and you're having success, and you're growing, in that mode, what's the biggest mistake that you've made? And let me be precise what I mean by mistake. It could have been something that you did one time, like a super big blunder, or it could have been a bad habit. It could have been something that cost you sales, cost you sales organization, or it could have been something that cost you health, integrity, personal integrity, could have cost you relationship, though not the way everybody tends to interpret that question is not necessarily the biggest mistake that you made in just building. What's the biggest mistake you've made in the last couple of years? Uh, wow, there are quite a few of them. I would say the one that sticks out to me the most, I can't say that it's the biggest one at this point in time, but I do think it's a pretty big one. And um, I know a lot of people probably end up doing this at first when they kind of get to a point in their business where they're financially able to. So a couple of years ago, up until just recently, I started doing really well with my business, and I started thinking, well, it's because of, you know, a lot of what I get is because of my team, right? I mean, we can't grow unless we're helping other people succeed. I started sending out thousands and thousands of dollars worth of incentives and gifts and I was putting in all this time coming up with different types of incentives to get people working and keep them motivated and putting people in group chats and doing like competitions. And I was focusing so much on all of this stuff. I could feel kind of my business was slipping a little bit. 
And I, I got into this mentality, like, the more money I make, the more I need to spend on my team because I wouldn't be here without them when that last part is very true. But um, I heard a training from one of our top leaders who um, is a million-dollar earner, and she said that she kind of got into that same thing where the more money she made, the more she thought that she had to, like, give in gifts. She started to feel obligated, and people kind of started to make her feel that way. Um, and I started to feel that way because I thought that it would keep people around. So I would say in one year I probably sent out about 15 ring lights, which are, you know, like ring lights. Yep. They're lights. That are, I, know yeah. the, I know what those are. Those are, those are like $100-something a piece for the good ones. Um, and I sent out about 15 of those. Um, two of those people are currently still in the business and the other 13 are nowhere to be found, okay? Did they send um, the ring lights back? <laughs> yeah, no, no definitely not. Um, I earned a uh, – there was this big trunk that the company um, g- gives us for, for things, like incentivizes us with, I guess. And everybody wants this gigantic locking makeup trunk. Like I can fit my whole body on top of it. It's huge. Okay, well, they give these away for, you know, periodically for different things. I earned, I've earned four of them throughout my time in the company, and I gave every, no, yeah, I gave every single one of them away to people on my team as incentives. I turned around and incentivized them. Those people yeah. are nowhere to be found. They're gone with my, with my trunk. Those 13 people with my ring lights, all these incentives, they're gone. So I used to think that, you know, basically bribing my team to stick around was going to help when in reality, runner's going to run, walker's going to walk, sleeper's going to sleep. And there's nothing you can do about it but be an example. Lead by example and encourage them and show them the potential that they may not see within themselves. You have to be able to show them that they have it. But you don't need to coddle and handhold and shower with gifts. And, you know, recognition is important. Recognition and um, relationships. I call it R&R. Those two things are very important. But the incentives and the, all that's just like sprinkles. You know, you don't, it's not absolutely necessary. You know, so I spent thousands of dollars on those things, and I, I feel like that was one of the big mistakes that I made because it did absolutely nothing. And I just, <laughs> I feel, you know, <laughs> Well, there, there goes. I wonder what they're doing with that ring light. Maybe they're at another company. Maybe they're it's in their closet. I don't know, but I'm not doing that like anymore. <laughs> Got it. So, what are you doing? Like, if I interview you four or five years from now, tell me, tell me about your life. Tell me about your business. Tell me about your family. Will you live in Tulsa? Will you still be building the way you're building? Tell me about your life four or five years from now. Well, I just bought my first house, and the reason I bought this house specifically was because it has an attached guest house for my dad to live in. He's 70, and I don't want him to stress anymore about life, about work, about anything. And so I plan to be here a while, maybe forever. Um, And I do plan to travel a lot, which I am currently doing. But yeah, I think I'll still be in Tulsa. Um, Hopefully, you know, all my business will have will be thriving and growing every day. 
and that I'm changing lives, building leaders, teaching them to do the same. And yeah, that's my hope for the next, you know, five years or so. <laughs> well, if you were a client, I would take you to school on the word hope, but I'll give you a pass <laughs> tonight. <laughs> okay. That's where it will be in the next five years. I like that better. Um, so um, really, really great stuff, Lorna. You're very refreshing. I love your candor. I love your authenticity. I love the fact that you're breaking all the historic rules of network marketing <laughs> and, and crushing it. And my gosh, when um, – when geometric progressions catch up with the personal production that you've created in your business and the role model that you've been for your team, you're, you're going to have hundreds of thousands of people. And what you're earning now is just going to be child's play. I, I want to, for the record, I probably should have done this at the beginning of the call, but just want to go on record for all of you listening now and in the future to this recording that everybody that we interview on a Bliss Business Hero Call is a rarity. They are an exception. They're a unicorn. They're not one out of a hundred. Um, they're not even one out of a thousand. They're more rare than that. And the reason we inter in interview people that have done super extraordinary things is to inspire the listeners that not to, not to, uh, indicate that any of you out there should want to earn 10 grand a month or 50 grand a month or or anything like that we we don't like telling people what they should do but whatever it is that you want out of network marketing if you'll remember Lorinda's original story how much money like we'll see if you were listening here you can post this in the comments and it might win you some books how much money was Lorinda looking to earn that motivated her to join Unique? What was the monthly income she was looking for? I won't give you the answer. You got to put it in the notes and post it on the chat. <clears throat> but pay attention to that because it was nowhere near $5,000 a month or $50,000 a month. And so, but we interview these people so that <clears throat> no matter what you want, whether it's $500 a month or $5,000 a month or a lot more, we want you to learn from and listen to people that, uh, um, you know, have crushed it, have, have just done huge things. Because most people, when they look at network marketing or they think about the rhetoric that they know about network marketing, they, they just think it doesn't work. And they don't really understand the magnitude of this income opportunity where somebody can get started for a few hundred dollars on a very part-time basis without leaving their full-time career. They don't have to leave their home. They don't, you know, the only thing they don't have to, that, that they do have to stay next to is their cell phone uh, or something, an iPad or a computer. They can be mentored by somebody who's already a multimillionaire selling the exact same product they want to sell. And all the mentor wants to do is give you everything they've got, teach you everything they know. It's the most beautiful business model on the planet for the person who doesn't have a million dollars and a family full of business connections that are going to create instant success for you. It's, 
It's the shot at the big times for anybody. And the big time just might be $500 a month. Maybe that's all you need. So I just want to be clear that Lorinda is an exception. She's a huge exception. And um, <clears throat> you can learn to believe that you can be as successful as her. And if you are, you will be an exception. So you are an extraordinary uh, interview, Lorinda. I appreciate it very much. I think uh, people will be listening to this years from now on Bliss Business. If you if you got something out of this, go to blissbusiness.com forward slash chat and type in there what you learned from Lorinda, and maybe we'll send you some books. How I want to wrap this, Lorinda, is I want to give you, this will sound a little counterintuitive after our interview, I want to give you the opportunity to ask me a question about network marketing or personal development, keeping in mind that the success that you've had in the last two and a half years has nothing to do with anything I know. <laughs> oh, gosh. Okay. Got a question? <laughs> follow, your in, follow your intuition. Don't judge the question. Just ask it. Okay. Okay. I know that we can't really put – we're not supposed to, like, say how long it's going to take for – people to get there because every circumstance is completely different. But as far as what you said, geometric progression, I learned a couple new words there. So that's, that's cool. Um, you were talking about how it's going to expand and all that based off of like my front line. It seems like with 500, well, I, I brought in 11 people this month so far. And it's, so now I'm at 580 something, but with 580 something front lines, and, well, how many, like you said, the geometric progression, like how long is that going to take to start showing? I have second and third generations and one fourth, and that's kind of where it stops as far as leaders. So yeah. you say when it, but it, like two and a half years, going on three now in November, it seems like by that point it, it may should have like expanded no. by then. <clears throat> Well, you have expanded. I mean, you have a couple of thousand active people on your team, mm -hmm. right? So you're, you're thinking about leaders, but you have a couple of thousand people that are active. And so those are people that are promoting the product, buying the product. They may not be doing anything anywhere near what you're doing. But, you know, for every thousand people, Lorinda, that you have that are active on your team, there is at least one superstar in that team and the odds are for every hundred active people you've got about three that hmm. are going to build they're going to build something and so if you could visually look at your entire team look at the generations of your team and look at them uh in an aged format. So if you were just imagine you're staring at a wall in your house or if you have an office, maybe you turn yeah. like one of your walls is a giant whiteboard. And what I want you to imagine is, you know, you're at the top of your team and everybody you've enrolled is your first level. But there's another third dimensional way to look at those 579 people that you've personally enrolled. And that is how many of them are in their first year? Because all of them that are in their first year, they're, they're in a fascinating gestation period. 
you know, sometimes it takes a year for people just to figure out the products and, you know, hear enough videos or more calls or see enough Facebook posts where the lights come on and go, oh, my gosh, I could do this. It could take a year for somebody to, to actually figure that out. So if it, and then if you look at your second generation and ask, okay, well, you know, maybe there's, you know, 500 or 1,000 or 2,000 people in your second generation, but, you know, how many of them have been in a couple of years and how many of them have been in, you know, a year? And then if you think about everybody that you enrolled and everybody that your leaders enrolled in your first year, Lorinda, well, think about your leadership. Think about the role model that you were in your first year. Mm-hmm. So you, just the way you built the business dysfunctionally in the first six months or a year, you know, that slows everything down because you're not providing a role model to your team. So I just want you to think about your team with that third dimension of how long have these people been in the system. And, the way, you know, there's no science around how long does it take because it's, it's all leadership-based. You know, look at what you've done in two and a half years. So if you just had one person on your team at any level, anywhere on your team, that, that, and they didn't even start until today. Today's the day they started. And the first six months, they messed it all up. And let's say no one on your team, the thousands of people you had on your team, no one else did anything. No one recruited anyone except the one person that's like you. Can you track with this? Can you visualize this? Yeah. Okay, let me repeat it. So you have a couple of thousand active people on your team. What I want you to imagine is that only one of those couple of thousand people from this day forward is building a business. Everyone else, they may just use the products, but no one recruits anyone from today forward except the one person that's like you. Mm-hmm. And let's say, she, let's say she's at your third generation. And And even if she's like you, if she is like you, what she's going to do for the next six months is screw it all up, Mm -hmm. right, if she's like you. Right. But if she's like you, Lorinda, how big is your team two and a half years from now? It would be really big, but what about, I mean, my front line, though, I'd still have to bring people in, so that would be. No, 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 you you stay with with the answer to your question because you want to know, how long does it take and how big can it get? And mm, okay. I think if, you, if okay. you'll understand this example, you'll get the enormity of what you're sitting on. What I'm saying is, is out of the 2,000, 2,500 active people that you have, if you only have one person like you, then in the next two and a half years, your team is going to double. Mm-hmm. And that's without you doing anything. And that's without yeah. any other person on your team recruiting anyone. All you need is one person like you. And, and you may be looking at your team and saying, well, I don't have anybody like me. Well, maybe you're looking for the person who's crushing it. Maybe the person you need to be looking for is who's the person who did it like you the first six months? Right. You know, they met, they look for the person that's messing it all up. Here's what I can tell you from a, from a percentage standpoint. 
for every thousand people on your team that are active, you have a super star. I mean, you have somebody that is eventually going to go earn ten to fifty thousand dollars a month for every thousand people. As long as you, as long as you keep leading and creating an environment where they can be inspired, you have a couple of people just like you on your team already. What does that mean? Two and a half years from now, your team's going to triple, and and then for every hundred active people that you have, you got three people that are going to build a, a sizable business. They're leaders. They're going to be self-sufficient. They're going to train. They're going to build. They may not build the 50 grand a month, but they're going to build a big business. So if you add up all those people, Lorinda, you got, you know, a couple of dozen leaders. They may not look like it yet, but you have a couple of dozen leaders. My guess is two and a half years from now, your organization is five times bigger which means you're earning five times as much money as you're earning now. How does that feel? Gets me pretty pumped up. I'm not going to lie. Yes. So, you know, here's the thing about network marketing. We never get paid what we think we're worth the first year or two or three. Not even the, yeah. not even the first four. It takes about five years of, of profound, powerful, good, accurate effort before mm -hmm. geometric progressions catch up. And when they catch up, they create that tipping point. I mean, think about the numbers. Just, just roll with the four-year career. You get four leaders. That may take you a year to get four leaders. They each get four leaders. That may take another year for them to each get four leaders. But now, how many leaders, more leaders do you have the end of your second year than you did your first year? Four times, 400% increase. The end of your third year, if each of those 16 leaders get four leaders, you got 64 leaders. You got another 400% increase. Right. Those 64 leaders get four leaders, you got 256 leaders. This is an explosive opportunity that pays you way more than you're worth. And I'm not speaking like as a human being that you're not worth 100 grand a month as a network marketer, but I don't know any network marketers that make 100 grand a month that are worth it. They don't work that hard. They're not that smart. They're not that great of a leader they're, that they're, you know, they're stomping around going, yeah, I make 100 grand a month and I earned every penny of it. No, mm -hmm. you didn't. Not in the traditional sense. But here's what you did. You worked like you were getting paid 100 grand a month for the first four years when you weren't making anything. Right. And that's what makes an exceptional person in network marketing is people have, that have vision and self-motivation that's so powerful, they're so clear about what they're building, that they don't pay attention to their immediate results, not in who enrolls, not in how much money they make, because for them it's not a job. You know, this is a, this is a business, this is a career, this is an empire, this is a multi-million dollar asset that you're building. And what I can assure you is you're on a phenomenal path, and if there's one thing that you might start to look at, because you've demonstrated you are an extraordinary recruiter and promoter and social mediaist, but if what you want are people like you, what you might look at is where are your leadership skills? How are your leadership skills? Who are, you as an, who are you as an inspiration, as a coach, 
as a speaker? What are, what are your abilities to inspire people to transform and step up and do something like what you've done? That may be what's next for you, and I would never suggest that you even think about taking that on and leaving what you've done to get there. So the, one of the biggest mistakes networkers make is they build a pretty big business, and then they decide they're going to be a coach and a leader and a manager and a guru, and they forget about recruiting. And you got to do both. But at your stage in the business, time for you to perhaps invest in you and becoming a wonderkind leader, somebody mm -hmm. that goes beyond shooting videos about putting on makeup. I don't mean mm -hmm. stop doing that. I mean goes beyond it. And the people that make a hundred grand a month in our profession do that. They go beyond promoting products and they move into inspiring and transforming people and that's a different skill set. Mm-hmm. Okay. Got it? Got it. Hey, we're eight minutes over, but you're worth it. <clears throat> Thank you all so much for joining us tonight. Be sure to go to blissbusiness.com forward slash chat. Tell us what you learned from Lorinda. And, you know, imagine you're going to stalk her Facebook page and see what she does. But remember, that's not how she built her business. She built her business by joining groups, and all of you can do that. So go join some groups and connect with people and make some new friends and ask them if they'd like to take a look. Thank you, Lorinda. I know it's late in Tulsa. Have a fantastic week. Thank you so much for Good having night. me. Good night. You're welcome. Uh, the lines and people can tell you how much they appreciate you. Thank you for joining us on this episode of Richard Bliss Brooks Network Marketing Heroes Podcast. If you are inspired and are ready to create your own success story, then it is time to take advantage of some of the top network marketing tools available. Pick up the top recruiting tool that has prospects saying, yes, the four-year career and the four-year career for women. Get your mindset right. Without a clear vision, success is lost. Check out the best-selling book on vision, Mach 2 with your hair on fire. Learn to think like a successful person with this step-by-step -step guide on how to break through your self-imposed limitations. Mach 2 Vision Training is a 90-minute, four-part video training where you get Richard to walk you through crafting your vision. It's a must for anyone looking to step outside the box and hit the ground running. For 10% off your order, use the discount code HERO at checkout. If you're serious about building your business, make sure to subscribe to Richard's blog for all the latest tools and articles. This success story is not typical. It is meant to inspire you and show you what's possible. It is not what you should expect to accomplish. Your income will depend entirely on you, your commitment, your work ethic, your leadership, and your ability to acquire customers and inspire sales leaders to join your team. Most people who start off intending to build a sales team do not maintain their motivation to continue.